This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A choice right now, right now. Between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into a, an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, we get to sit down with Gina Bonacci. She is a health and alternative medicine specialist. She does a wonderful job. We have an outstanding conversation. We talk about energy centers, Reiki, uh, the law of attraction, uh, manifestation. She does a wonderful job, guys. So all the ways, of course, to find her will be linked down in the show notes so that you guys have direct access to how to find her, as well as linked in the show notes is the outro song that I will be swapping out every now and then is by a good friend of mine named Vinny the Saint. You guys can find a direct link to find him and all of his music down in the show notes as well. So check him out for sure. Good friend of mine, good friend of the show. He does some incredible work. So check that out for sure without any further ado let's get to the episode this is gina bonacci all right ladies and gentlemen a very special episode welcoming to the show it is gina bonacci i nailed it right yes okay great great she was coaching me on her last name i don't know too many italian pronunciations for names so uh, i really appreciate that uh so gina how are you today I am wonderful. How are you doing today? Every day above ground is a fantastic day. This is no exception. Uh, It's an especially great day because we get to spend some time with you on the show today. So thank you so much for uh, coming on. Now, uh, my listeners may know, and they are definitely familiar with Pat Mahan of the Like Attracts Like podcast. This is his better half. So thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and so honored to be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward yeah. to it. I've been looking forward to this. So um, let's let's start out here, just begin at the beginning here. So if you don't mind for my audience that doesn't know you, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll roll into it. Sure. So my name is Gina and um, I have a holistic healing service slash life coaching um, service called Heal with Gina. Um, where I offer Reiki energy healing and coaching um, services for people that want to expand their reality. So it's perfect um, that I am on this show and I'm so excited to speak with you today. Um, But yeah, it's really for people that want to expand their consciousness or in other words, become more aware of, um, you know, what they are attracting, why their current reality is what it is and start to create their reality deliberately and consciously. 
And this is it, right? We've been going through a lot with the ascension process, no matter what anybody thinks that that is. There's definitely been a shift of energy occurring across the planet. It's a global thing, which has been fascinating to me. And that's why folks like you, I, I find that this type of work is incredibly crucial, not only year round, but especially right now. It seems like now is the time to call in everybody to work on themselves, to make, to just be mindful of their energies, to be mindful of how powerful they really are. And that's the thing with the kind of work that you do. It's empowering. And that's what's so beautiful about it. So tell me, how did you get started in the work that you do? Well, I went on my own journey. Um, you know, I was in a place in my life where I was not happy with my reality that I had created, but I wasn't yet willing to, um, I guess, admit or be real with myself that I was creating it. So there was a huge disconnect for me between what I wanted to be experiencing, but what I was attracting was saying something completely different. And so I went on a journey really to uncover the layer that was under the surface um, and the belief system and the, the fear and the doubts and the things that were actually creating what I was seeing and experiencing in the world. And so I sort of made that shift myself um, by uncovering the unconscious patterning that I had and shifting it internally. And then I saw my reality change outside of me and once I really understood that that's truly how it works, that it's always internal first, um, you know, it was so profound for me, the journey that I went on, that it just felt natural to me that that would be the way I could offer service in the world or make an impact in the world is helping other people do the same thing. So to uncover sort of that gap between you know, what they want to create, right? What they want their life to look like outside of them um, and understanding that in order to attract that or be in that reality, you have to become it first. And only once you become it, will you attract it or see it outside of you. So I really shifted from looking for it outside of me in people and places and things. And, and so to kind of like bring that down to earth a little bit, that could look like, um, you know, looking for it in a partner or in my relationship. So looking for my happiness to come from that person or giving the responsibility to that person to make me happy. Um, my job, you know, what was my job reflecting back to me about how I felt about my value and my worth. Um, so it, it really could be all different things happening outside. But for me, um, it was a lot uh, around relationships and um my job and, and things like that. So, you know, and I do want to talk to you about the law of attraction. I'm, I'm grateful that you brought it up, but I am curious, just coming back a little bit about how, what was the catalyst for this? Was this something your spiritual awakening specifically? So did you do, are you into conspiracy theories at all? A little bit. I mean, okay. I wouldn't call myself a conspiracy theorist. Neither um, would I. I'm like a conspiracy a truth analyst. Seeker. <laughs> <laughs> no, truth seeker works, but 
Yeah, I and so me neither. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I'm what Charlie Robinson of the Macroaggressions podcast would call a conspiracy analyst. I like looking into them. The reason I ask uh, is, is a couple of things here, because usually they're hand yeah. in hand. Once you figure out that the religious system uh, has been lying to everybody the whole time, um, or that there's very little truth that resonates with probably you in particular with that, uh, then you, you start questioning everything. And so usually it's kind of a hand in hand type deal, which is the only reason I brought up conspiracy theories. So, but with you, what was the, what was the catalyst? I mean, were you just unhappy? Were you just, um, could you, could you kind of sense that things were just a little bit off and that you were looking for a way to fix that or to feel a little bit more complete and that's what led you on your journey? Or was it like somebody saying something or being an example of something or giving you a book or something? Was there a a physical, tangible catalyst other than just the way you were feeling? Well, I was really unhappy at the time in my relationship that I was in and, um, and, and more than just that, I was, um, drinking a lot. So alcohol played a role in sort of bringing me to the the bottom, which I would say was like my rock bottom that sort of became the catalyst to my awakening process. Um, and you know, I had the best way I can sort of explain it without diving like, so deeply into the story because really, truly, I think that everybody has some sort of story, right. Of like things that were happening in their lives that were creating these unwanted experiences for them. Um, but for me, I was really unhappy and I was going through life, sort of putting out this image to the world of this successful human, right? I had it all figured out. I was in the relationship. I had the house, I had the job. And, and from the outside, looking in from what I thought other people would see of me, I looked like I had it all figured out. And I was very, very happy because that's the image I was portraying. But underneath that and inside was a very, very sad and scared and unsafe feeling girl that was not happy. And I got to a point of asking for guidance, um, which I, you know, I grew up in a home that practiced like Catholic religion and we went to church, but I would say from like high school forward, we kind of stopped and we got busy or whatever. And I kind of, I never really understood it, to be honest. There were a lot of things about the Catholic religion that I didn't quite understand as truth or like didn't quite understand the rules that came with it. It didn't quite seem to make sense to me. Even as a young girl, I remember feeling that way. And so in other words, so what I'm trying to say is that I didn't have like a practicing faith at the time um, of my awakening. I was sort of just in what I would call my rock bottom place and I I talk about it sometimes as like the Julia Robert moment in eat, pray, love, where she kind of is like on her knees and she's like, if there's a God, like I need help. Or (laughs) she's like, you know, she's in a place of just, I don't know what to do. And I don't know how I created this life and I don't want any of it. And I don't know where to begin. And so I found myself in that place and I asked for guidance and Pat from the like attracts like podcast kind of came into my life in a very synchronistic way. Um, and you know, we ended up going on quite a journey together, but I would say that he was the catalyst to, 
um, my awakening in a sense that he kind of showed up as being it already. So he had sort of uncovered a lot already. And when I met him, I just was like, yes, whatever you're saying, I don't quite understand it, but I do understand it. And it was almost like a remembering of like, I've heard this before and I know this, but why, like, where is this coming from? (laughs) Um, I don't know if you resonate with that at all, but. Yeah, um, absolutely. That that's the feeling. It's it's the it's a recognition or a remembering, like you said. It's not being introduced to new information because it's not necessarily new. It's just stuff that, however you want to put the way that this experience works, it's just something that you forgot when you transitioned into this existence. And it's a necessary part of the process to discover yourself, the ride, the whatever we're on. And I do want to talk to you about that here in a little bit. So it's interesting about how you said that, how you presented yourself, um, because I think that more people do that than we think about. I, I think everybody wears a mask, right? Everybody has elements of themselves that they would rather not bring to the surface for whatever reason, usually because they're uncomfortable and they're unwilling to face that. Now, the interesting part about society is is that there's plenty of, it's very conducive to people who don't want to explore deeper concepts. It's very conducive to just go along, get along. You've got plenty of sports to watch. You've got plenty of like-minded people who also wear masks that you can associate with. And and like I said, it's it's a it's a hard road that we've chosen at the the first few steps. But yeah. after that, it's there's no going back. You know, there's no and I wouldn't want to go back. That's like the best part about it. So, what was the feeling like whenever you transitioned from? how you feel before to meeting Pat, if that was the catalyst, and then, you know, stepping into this remembering, as you said. Yeah. So the interesting thing is that um, things actually got worse first before they got better. And I'm not, I'm not sure that many people talk about that. It's like, oh, it's all love and light. Right. But um, that was not the case for me. So I, I ultimately left the house and the relationship that I was in. And I thought that was the answer. I thought that just by making the choice to leave, that that was enough. And that was, you know, going to be what would, I guess, change my life. Right. But that was not the case. The leaving, making the choice was the first step into stepping onto this path. But after that came a process of really uncovering why I had attracted that in the first place and why I had attracted everything before that and everything before that. And so that was, I guess what I think they call the dark night of the soul when all of that that realization that you have actually created all of these unwanted experiences. You've created all the amazing experiences, but you've also created the ones that you may not want to look at or, um, you know, didn't want to venture back to. And so I did go through a process of sort of purging all of those emotions that were pushed so far down that I had not allowed myself to look at and I just had not allowed myself to go there for a very long time. And so what ended up happening is I actually manifested some chronic pain and inflammation, some health issues. And that served as kind of almost like another catalyst into the awakening process. So um, what happened was I sort of latched on to Pat as my source And the universe said, no, 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 you are the source. And so it was this process of 
him being taken, what I perceived as taken away from me. Um, I had reproductive health issues, which was stopping us from being in an intimate relationship. And so we were left trying to uncover why that would be, that we wouldn't be able to be in that type of relationship. And, um, and, and what I uncovered for myself was that it was because I was making him the source and I was putting him on this pedestal. And as a result of that, the universe was taking it from me to show me that the source was not him. He was the catalyst, right? Or like the person that maybe was the first person who helped me remember, but I had to take that sort of power back for myself. And so we ultimately went on after about a year and a half of, of a lot of pain and inflammation and doctors and prescription drugs and all of these things, which helped me uncover a whole nother layer of truth about, you know, the healthcare system. I ultimately decided to end that relationship for the time being and my body healed itself within two months of making that choice. And so then I was really left to believe or know or understand that this is really how, how this works here. You, you are always going to be asked to stand in your power and to, to be the creator. Anything you give power outside of you will slowly be taken from you just to show you that it's not the thing outside of you ever. And as a result of me going on the solo journey, Pat ended up coming back into my life and we attracted each other back again. So now we are in a, a partnership that is two people who feel whole and complete and don't give their responsibility to the other person to make each other happy. And so that is really what I want for anyone Yeah. You know, now to, to help them through if they're going through anything like that I was going through because because I, I had a lot of resistance and I think if I trusted a bit more, it wouldn't have been such a painful ride for me. <laughs> well, I, I'm glad that you guys found yourselves again. I'm glad that you guys worked your way back to each other and that you did it in a whole way that you figured out that it was on the inside and then just did that depart. I mean, that's that. What is that saying? Uh, if you love something, set it free. If it comes back, it was meant to be right. I mean, nobody can right. really claim that that has uh, been their experience except for for you two. So that's pretty interesting. Um, okay. Well then talk to me about, uh, I'd like to get into some of your alternative, um, health and healing that you do, uh, with your work. So talk to me just a little bit about energy centers, and then that'll kind of set us up to move forward. Sure. So energy centers, or you may have heard of like the chakras are specific areas of the body where emotion or energy can get stored. So if you go through a painful experience, let's just say, and or an unwanted experience that produces an emotion that is in that lower vibrational category, grief or um, guilt or shame or um, anger. And you develop a belief as a result of it. And I don't know if you're familiar with the law of hypnotic rhythm, but understanding that whatever thought created that experience and the emotion attached to it is now being stored in the physical body. So um, if your energy centers are clear, it just means that there is high vibrational energy or emotions running through you. So your state of being is in a place of joy and love and 
and gratitude or, you know, those emotions, that energy that we are all, I believe, striving to feel all the time or wanting to feel more of so that we can experience more of it outside of us. So yeah, that, that really is what, what an energy center is. It's a, a specific area of the body that can essentially have emotion or energy stored. Okay, perfect. And yes, the chakra systems. Now I heard, uh, and I don't know if you've heard this as well, that there's more than just seven, uh, the original ones, there's like hundreds or something. Yeah. To be honest, I don't, I'm not super familiar with them, but yes, like Joe Dispenza talks about a whole energy body and there's all different energy systems of the body. Yeah. It's kind of like the moons of Jupiter. At first they thought there were four and now they're like 60 something and then they keep up in that thing. So it's, it's just interesting how it just kind of gets re more uh, refined and more refined down the line as people start looking into it a little bit more. So as far as the energy centers go, how do you know which one's blocking and why? Is it based on, will your body tell you based on a particular feeling or a vibration that you're resonating at? Like, it'll be like, ah, your heart's kind of dicked up because you're feeling this way. You know what I mean? Are there telltale signs for which one needs to be cleared? Yeah. So aside from physical symptoms manifesting in that area, so that that would be one way is if you have an actual symptom. So each energy center has a particular association. So for example, the solar plexus, which is in our stomach gut region, is associated with our personal power, our source of self-confidence, um, our ability to trust our intuition, and the, um, the heart chakra is associated with our heart centeredness. So how connected are we to our heart? Maybe our heart is closed off for a particular reason. So dependent upon what the experience potentially in their life has solidified that belief for them, um, it could potentially be blocking that specific area that is associated with the experience. So um, if it's relationships, then it would likely be the reproductive system, which is that um, the sacral chakra region. Yeah. Your root chakra. Yeah. Interesting. Root. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's fascinating. So you also do some work with Reiki. So tell, tell us a little bit about Reiki because I don't know much about it. I know it's like energy stuff, but honestly, I haven't spoken to anybody who actually works with it. So I'm, I'm curious to hear what you, what you think about it. Yeah, so Reiki is a Japanese form of alternative medicine, but it works with this energy body. And so what Reiki does is it pairs intention with energy. So together you set an intention with the Reiki practitioner and the um, client would set an intention in the beginning. And that could be to heal a specific area of the body. It could be to just clear the energy centers of any low vibrational emotions or energy that might be stored there. Um, there might be, you know, they could have whatever intention they come in with. But what you do during the Reiki treatment is you're essentially channeling life force energy. So this energy that we all know exists, it's consciousness or whatever you want to call it. Um, but the way I would understand it is that it's unconditional love energy and it's that high, high vibrational energy. And so you work through the energy centers of the person's body 
by flowing this energy to them. And you essentially act as like a tuning fork for their body. So by coming in with that really high vibration, anything that's low vibrational will literally be purged and come up. And so the intention with Reiki is to promote physical or emotional healing in um, some way, shape or form. So whatever their intention is, we go in with that intention and the two minds focusing on that intention and, and believing, you know, it is done when you set the intention, it is done and you kind of let it go. And then you go in with this high vibrational energy, which is really just love. It's that high frequency emotion. It's incredible to see the emotions that can come up as a result of it. And, and so by allowing them to come up, we're sort of releasing it from the physical body, but then it also can help them uncover sort of where um, this belief came from that they had about themselves or, you know, what thought was originally creating or at the source of this pain they're now experiencing, whether it is physical pain or whether it is just emotional um, pain or that, that emotion is still being charged by whatever thought it is that they have taken on as a belief for themselves. Mm. Have you ever heard of Lynn McTaggart? No. Okay. She wrote a book. She's a scientist. She wrote a book called The Power of Eight, and it is all about intentions. And so what's interesting about it is she actually was able to get, um, and she can do this with whole cities of people or down to a group of eight, which is why it's called The Power of Eight. And her whole thing is she, um, in in her book, she outlines the the whole process of how she went, went about this type of experimentation. But basically she takes people and she has them all focus on healing on one particular uh, volunteer subject or whatever. Uh, from anything, uh, back pain to uh, heart palpitations to, I mean, cancers and stuff like that. And they're able to heal this person. And the person is thinking it as well. So it is just a power of intention. So that's what's interesting about what you just said about Reiki. So she's kind of doing this, but without, you know, I don't think it's a hands-on thing. No, they do. They put their hands on the person. So there is a physical contact element to it. But then they're able to with the power of intention alone, heal these people with all of these ailments. Now, it's interesting about what you said as well about getting to the root of the problem or the inflammation or the disease or whatever. That's what's so fascinating to me about Eastern medicine or non-traditional or however you want to put it. Because Western medicine, and, and I'd like to talk to you about that here in a minute too, yeah. uh, is is something that just treats symptoms and that's it. They don't, they don't get to any underlining course. And so you constantly have to go back now. I mean, a couple schools of thought on that. Uh, we're either just a soft society that can't take um, a little bit of discomfort to get to the root of things, which is a possibility, or it's by design. And that design is to make sure that they keep you in a low vibrational state where you're constantly in need of fixing the next symptom instead of eradicating the source of the problem. And then moving on from there, which takes a lot of work, right? It's, it's a deep understanding about things. It's not an overnight quick fix of a symptom. It's getting to the root of it. So symptoms don't even play into it because they're non-existent now. So with with that in mind, um, the the differences between the Eastern and the old medicines and then the new ones, because, you know, the Rockefeller medical system, that's whenever that kicked in is why we have the current medical system that we do. And it's simply because they took it over so that they can make money. I mean, it's it's a contrived thing. It's, it's a very it's done very intentionally and by design. And so but with the ways that have been working for thousands of years, it's interesting to see them kind of come back and come back in a big way. So um, 
what what did you learn about the medical industry that made you choose the path that you do with the healing that you do? Yeah. So my own personal story was that, you know, I started experiencing a lot of reproductive health issues and I was going to the doctors and I was spending, I spent almost $6,000 in a very short span of time on tests and prescriptions and doctor's appointments and doctor's visits and none of it worked um, for me. So I was at a point where which I'm now very grateful for, but I got to a point where those were no longer options for me. So I was sort of left to dig deeper and ask more questions and to get down to the root of why would I be experiencing these symptoms? And, you know, what I learned as a result is that it was more about the guilt and the shame that I was carrying around my past relationships and around um, my sexuality and the choices I had made around sex and relationships from age 12 forward. And I just had a lot to unpack there. (laughs) And so what I uncovered as a result is that if you are somebody who is now at a point of physical symptoms, that just means that there is that much momentum that has built up. So I, and I truly believe this and I stand by this. And the reason why I can say it with conviction is because my body healed itself when I made the decision to um, face my biggest fear, which was being alone. All of my issues were around codependent relationships and relying on someone else for my happiness, but feeling unsafe. Um, And so I also went raw vegan for a year, by the way. So it's not the food either. Okay. (laughs) Um, but I want to mention that as well, because I, I think it, it comes down to your belief and your belief or that intention and that conviction is what is going to do it. And I had read enough stories and I had read enough, um, like of Joe Dispenza's work. He also does a lot of, um, explaining scientifically how you can change your body by changing your mind. And I had read enough of this information and consumed enough content where I believed for myself that it was also possible for me, but I also understood why the symptoms were happening in the area of my body that they were happening and what it was trying to show me about where I was out of alignment with myself. And once I got to the bottom of that and uncovered it and really worked on that root cause, like you're saying, my body came back into balance all on its own. And so I I truly believe that disease is just dis-ease. It's the body is out of alignment somewhere. And the the location, the reason why I still like the chakra system or like um, using that, because I still believe it's all intention and belief. But the reason I like to still use the chakra system is because of the location. I believe that the location of the symptom that someone is experiencing is um, you can use the chakra system as a clue to uncover what that root cause is. So if you're somebody who like me was not quite willing to be honest with myself yet (laughs) about what the root cause really was, you can use the chakra system to understand, well, at least what area of your life it's probably around. And from there, you can kind of dig a little bit deeper. So, you know, what I find interesting about this whole process as well is that um, 
not only have you gone through it personally, and a lot of us have, but what you went through specifically, you're so open and willing to share with people. This is what I find interesting about people who've really kind of taken the alternative path, is that nobody's really that quiet about it. And what I mean by quiet is, is that you want other people to feel comfortable in whatever they're going through. And so you you really put yourself out there, you know, I mean, to to, to a lot of, it, it just takes a lot of balls. I mean, you know, if I could say that, uh, to, to do what you've done. And I find this with a lot of people they are willing to, and Pat, especially, and uh, Pat as well, is you guys are just willing to put it out there. You're willing to share your stories, no matter how embarrassing somebody else might find that if they were to explain it. Oh, I could never say that. It's, you know, whatever, but it's, it's part of the process and it's part of you connecting to people who may feel like they're going through something similar, but they could never face it on their own. You're like, look, I faced it. Here's what it is. I just find it very brave. Like what, what you do. I think, I think it's really, really cool that you're out here helping people, that you're raising the vibration of consciousness, which is what we all need, but that you're willing to put yourself out there in a way to talk about things that other people might find embarrassing or not willing to discuss, but you're doing it in a way that's a mentorship or as acting like a guide, like a North Star, you know, uh, for people to find. So, uh, like I said, I commend you for it. I think it's very interesting that people do that, but especially uh, just put themselves out there like that. So, you know, keep up the great work. Thank you. I so appreciate that. You know what I, I you know what it is? I think the degree you're willing to share sometimes is the degree that you've gone there yourself and you're so comfortable now being in that space. It, it doesn't, it, the emotion isn't charged anymore. Right. So the guilt and shame that I used to feel about it, I don't feel that way anymore because I understand what created it. And I understand that it was um, the unconscious part of me that didn't understand and didn't realize that by believing that I was unworthy or believing that, you know, I, I was undeserving of love from other people, that that's what was creating this cycle of toxic relationships in my life and, and people that were reflecting back to me that belief. And once you realize that that's really all that it is, is a reflection of what you were feeling about yourself at the time, as long as you don't still believe that about yourself, I, I would say that would be why it would be difficult to go there is if you still believed it. But if you no longer believe that about yourself, then you can talk about it from that place for people that maybe do still believe it. And and hopefully your um, conviction in knowing that you can transcend that can help somebody else do the same. It, it, it all just feels like part of the game. You know, it all it all feels like part of this this thing uh, that that you're meant to figure out. It's kind of like the world's biggest escape room. You know what I mean? Is this whole thing, you know, psych, uh, psychologically, emotionally, mentally, physically, all of those things. It's it's a game, you know, and you've got to unravel it and find and put the pieces together. And there's people like out like you out there providing clues and experiences and you can talk about it and uh, little hints, you know, to, hey, go this way instead of that way, you know, just try that path instead. Uh, it, yeah. This is what's interesting about it because none of us chose this. Well, on a conscious level, super conscious maybe, but on a conscious level, none of us really chose to be born where we were born, into the family we were born into, be exposed to the things that we were, you with Catholicism, me with Southern Baptist. Uh, and, and these are the things that are interesting to me to figure out how to break out, you know, and transcend. Uh, th yeah. This is, it's, just part of the game, right? I mean, so let me let me ask you this. Uh, what do you think all of this is? What do you think reality is? Oh, man. <laughs> I know. Just lobbing them up for you there, Gina. They're I think that we are on a journey to... No wrong answers. You can answer how you want. <laughs> it's okay. Go nuts. 
I think we are we are here to experience contrast, right? And this is going to sound very Abraham Hicks. And the reason why is because I'm reading a book right now. So it's like really at, at the forefront of my awareness. But I think that we are here to experience contrast. And through that contrast, we are here to get back to where we started almost. So um, we came in as pure, unconditional love. And then we go through this journey and we experience contrast where we, we forgot or somewhere we forget, right? Or I'm not sure that, I'm not sure if we, I'm going to say we forget when we come in and we go through contrast, right? And as we're going through contrast and it can look different for everybody, like you said, it, we didn't, everyone has a story of who their parents were or what happened to them at school or, you know, what experiences they go through that lead them to this place of either awakening fully or just making new choices in the world. So whether they're doing it, I would say like unconsciously, or if they're really deliberately and consciously trying to do it, I think that the contrast provides direction. And as you keep making new choices as a result of the contrast that you um, experience in your story, you get closer and closer back to where you started, which was this being of unconditional love, this source or this divine creator, right? Or this extension of infinite consciousness. And I'm not sure that we even really die. We might just get to a place where we're all energy, and that is the spirit realm, right? Is like this high frequency energy. If you ever watch like ghost or paranormal shows, what they're doing is they're picking up energy frequencies. And so I have a theory that we just get to a point where we realize or remember so much that we just become energy again. Do you believe in the dichotomy after life, like a heaven hell situation? I believe just through my own experience that that is that happens as part of this journey. So you're either creating hell on earth for yourself now or you're creating heaven on earth for yourself now. And I only say that because I was creating hell for a really long time for myself. And now I believe that I'm creating heaven. So um, I, I think that you almost have to experience what creating hell for yourself is maybe before you get to a point of realizing, oh, oh no, we, we actually do create this and, and we actually can create whatever we want here. I love it. I tend to lean that way as well. I was just curious to see what you would say. Um, so with, with the knowledge that we acquire here, do you think that it's, it's, is it chosen? Like, is this a chosen experience or do we just kind of get tossed off into a random set of circumstances that, um, that kind of mold and shape us in a direction that we end up somewhere rather than we intended, but we came here to learn something. And so we end up learning a whole bunch of stuff and then going back to source to return that information. And then do you believe in reincarnation? Like, do we just start over or pick a new life and a new place as a new entity? You know, I'm not sure. I don't have a, I'm not sure. I think it's a mystery and I'm not sure if we're, I'm not even sure if we're supposed to know the answer or not, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. No, that's what an honest think? answer. <laughs> I, I think it's all possible. And if, if I had to plant my flag, which I don't, um, then I would say that we're all God experiencing itself subjectively so that there is a source, there is a energy source, a 
yeah. God, and that it created this reality of comparison so that we could know dichotomy and to experience it itself through that. And I think that, uh, you know, and then there's a couple schools of thought on that. Is there like an energy sucking farm that takes place here with some other entities that have come in and it can go pretty damn deep. I'm pretty into all sorts of stuff. But if I had to say at its core, I think that it's just a ride. Like Bill Hicks said, I think that we're just here to touch, smell, taste, seeing here, everything we can, whatever feelings that we have, we have. I'm not a big fan of karma. I think that if we're if we're talking specifically about this universe, whatever it is, existing in two things, love and fear, I think karma yeah. exists in 100% fear. Um, yeah. So not a, not a big fan of that. I don't think it's fair. I mean, if I had to go cosmic justice on it, I don't think it's very fair that we enter this world with some shit that we did in another life that we have no idea about. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of the fresh start thing. You know, I mean, unlike yeah. Catholics who believe, that, what, that we're born with sin, right? Right. Yeah, not a fan. It's like the hell, man. I didn't do anything, you know? And it's like the whole hell thing, you know? It's like Adam and Eve had their shot. If God was true and just and whatever, the God of religion, then, you know, we'd all get a fair shot, right? But we don't. And so it's just the, the dichotomy part of it's interesting. And I think it all comes down to interpretation. So if, if these kind of ideas can even be discussed with no finite answer, then it can't be the way. It can't be the path to either damning or con- condemning or liberating your eternal soul. Uh, just yeah. strictly due to the fact that it's arguable, you know, I, I don't think it would be that way if there was any alternate place to go. But I agree with you. I think that we do. We're given the opportunity here to create heaven or hell right here on Earth. Yeah. And and I think the the thing you said about karma is really interesting as well. I, I almost believe karma to almost be trying to explain the law of attraction. So in a sense, whatever you put out, you are going to get back. But that doesn't mean that like you're coming in with like karma from past lifetimes that you have to like overcome or that you're destined to be a certain way. I don't know. I understand. I understand karma to almost be the law of attraction. So if you're putting out a certain energy, that is just what's going to be created. And that's universal law. So it's not you did something wrong or you did something right. It's just whatever you are putting out and forth into the world is going to be reflected back to you just to show you where you are vibrationally. And so that's the way I've come to understand karma. Um, I do not agree with the idea that if you don't act a certain way that you will go to hell, or if you act a certain way, you will go to heaven. Um, in a sense that it's something that happens after we pass on. I think that that was created to sort of teach people what right and wrong is. And I'm not even sure that there is a right or a wrong. I believe that right and wrong is really just what you uncover as a result of the contrast that you experience based on the things that you do. So in other words, if something that you do produces an unwanted emotion, then it's showing you that you're out of alignment with who you really are. And as a result of that, you make a new choice. That doesn't necessarily mean anyone who ever makes that choice is wrong. It just means that you are uncovering for yourself what produces joy and love and and more of those emotions that we are meant to always feel and, and be in a state of. So 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And it is subjective, right? It's all it's all based on your idea of what is right or wrong, because right and wrong, I'm, I'm with you, is a man-made concept. I think it's what serves you and what doesn't serve you. If those things serve you, okay. Back in the day, it served you to do what you did with alcohol, with things like that. That served you in the moment. And it, and it was fine, because there's no judgment there. But you decided to change things, because what serves you changes, right? There's ultimate things, as far as just love and all of those that are underlining foundational things that serve you, but little ancillary things that can can fluctuate. And that's fine. And this is why it is so object or subjective rather. Um, yeah. You know, and I think I think karma, just like religion, is based in a kind of a control mechanism. Right. And, and so right or wrong, the way that you put it, describing karma would be a way to kind of uh, rein in a populace or to get people to do what I think is right or wrong. And therefore, I've convinced all of you that there's this thing. Uh, that you want to avoid, or if you want to get good, you have to do this. But I haven't heard karma, <clears throat> excuse me, put to the point of a, tr- a law of attraction. I think that that's very, very interesting. Most people listen to it in the way, and the way that I refer to it would be um, the, you know, you only do good to get good in return, or you only do good to avoid bad. Both of those are rooted in fear. Um, yeah. You're either afraid of not getting good by not doing good, or you're afraid of doing bad by not doing good, or getting bad by not doing good. And like I said, that's 100% fear-based. And if you are only doing good to get good in return, then that's an unaltruistic way to kind of institute the model, right? It just it, It's not going to yield the results. But I like the way you said it about the law of attraction thing. That That makes a ton of sense. So let, let's go there. Let's talk about the law of attraction. Now, um, I'm probably like most people out here. I read The Secret about 12 years ago, something like that, uh, and just cocked it. I, I did not do it right. Um, and I have lately been really playing with some new understandings with the law of attraction. Just tell me, tell me what you think about it. I believe that the law of attraction, and this is just, again, as a result of my journey and and the same thing. So reading about it and then trying to put it into practice and sort of uncovering for myself. But I believe that life truly is a reflection of you. So in other words, any person, place or thing that sort of comes into your awareness is showing you something about you in some way, shape or form. And the energy or the frequency that you are putting out as a result of the law of hypnotic rhythm or like your beliefs, right, that you hold about yourself is going to be reflected back to you. So you can actually create your life by becoming a person that would believe what they want is possible for them. And then that thing will come in or, or, you know, it will be reflected back in different ways. I don't know that always asking for a specific thing will necessarily, um, it, it works sometimes, but you have to be careful about like, who's asking for the thing. Is it your ego asking for it or, and, and why are you asking for it? Like, what do you believe that that thing is going to give you or bring to you? So what are just some basic, uh, elements to the law of attraction as far as putting it into practice? Yeah. So I would say, you know, and this is kind of like manifestation as well, using the law of attraction to create the reality you want to be in and experience, but it would be to uncover what it is that you are wanting to experience more of. And then the second step is to ask what emotion or what feeling would am I currently believing that that thing would give me or so let's just say like a relationship for an example. Cause I think that is something people would resonate with. Um, 
let's say you want to call in a partner, right? And that partner you believe is going to have this list of qualities, right? They're going to be loving. They're going to be caring. They're going to be trustworthy. So all of these things, right? And then it's understanding in order for that person that has these qualities to be shown to me, I have to become it first because it's a mirror. So you can do one of two things. You can work to embody those qualities. And then at the same time, you can take a look at what you are currently attracting because what you're currently attracting in the area of relationships is going to really help you uncover the beliefs that you might have about yourself. So um, using things outside of you is one way to help you get more honest with yourself if you're not quite able to get there yourself yet. And this is something that I did, or uh, I guess a method that I used because I was somebody who lied to myself for a very, very long time. So my relationship of me to me was very shaky at first. Um, I had gone really far of not trusting my intuition. So at first it was difficult for me to be honest with myself, even about how I was feeling and or what my beliefs were about myself but the universe never lies and the law of attraction says that the people places and things in your life are a reflection of you and the thing and and that's not to say like like certain people will be removed from your life if you choose make choices in the world that are in alignment with what you're wanting to create but you can really sort of use the things that are happening to you and the experiences and the people and places and things that are coming into your awareness as vibrational guidance in a sense to understand where you are vibrationally. And if it's in alignment with what it is that you are wanting to create or attract or experience. So it's, it's um, can help you uncover that gap in vibration. Mm. And what I've recognized about this is, yes, it is. I like the idea that it is a mirror version of what you're experiencing is what the reality that you create is. But yeah. what I've been contemplating lately is especially like whenever. So I, I tend to think that I resonate at a pretty dope frequency. I tend to because I've, yeah. really, I've really cultivated my reality in that way. And I insist on it. And so I demand it, actually. And so that's why I vibrate at that frequency every now and then you'll get that dude that just pops up and he's just an asshole or a girl or whatever. Um, and it, it's interesting, though, because I don't identify with that as being a mirrored reflection of me. What I do identify with is it's an opportunity, like you said, to check my frequency, to say, okay, do I resonate with that? And you can, you can get twisted and you can get bent out of shape and you can lower your vibration to match that energy but all this person in front of you is, is an example or an opportunity for you to realize who you really are and to, to give you an opportunity to resonate at the frequency you choose to, which is a higher one than what yeah. they are. I can't tell you how many times I'm in the customer service industry in my, in my day gig, how many times somebody has been totally pissed off, upset, yeah. maybe about something I did, maybe about something I had nothing to do. I was just standing there and it, and I was able just to talk to them like a person like, Hey, here's yeah. what's going on. You know, we talked about this, whatever, here's how this goes, and there you go. And then when I leave, every single time, nobody is ever upset. That's yeah. always, okay, my bad, you know, I'm sorry, whatever. It's just an observation. And so in that way, you're given an opportunity to create the world around you that's mirroring back to you. 
yeah. it, it's an interesting process. What do you, what do you think about that? I'm so glad you said that. That's why I was sort of hesitating when I'm saying like, it's a mirror because it is, but I think that you're right. There are certain times and instances where things are going to come in and it's more of like a, okay, how am I going to respond to this? Am I going to match that vibration or drop lower to be, you know, to respond in that way? Cause we always have control over the way we respond to things. So like I have caught myself in this position. So that's why I'm glad that you brought it up where I'm like, oh my gosh, I attracted that. Like I must not be in a good vibration. And then it like lowers even more. So um, that's kind of like an ego trick almost to be aware of that. It doesn't necessarily mean you're like doing something wrong. If something comes in, it's just, you're always getting choices and you're always being presented options and the way you respond and make choices through that is going to either get you closer to being in alignment with what you want to create, or it might be bringing you further away from it. So you're either in alignment with who I believe and what I believe we really are, which is this unconditional love energy, or you are making choices that are building momentum away from it. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, it's like my grandma used to say, uh, never pray for patience um, because God's not going to give you patience. He's going to give you endless opportunities that are frustrating for you to be patient through. And it's kind of that same idea. Whenever you declare to the universe, this is what I am, here's what I choose, and then there you go. There's going to be things that pop up to make sure, number one, that that's what you really want. There are obstacles for you to overcome kind of like a shitty test. You know, it's kind of like a oh, well, I'm, I'm being tested in this way, so I've really got to hunker down and make sure that I'm resolved in what I really want and to move forward with it from there. Um, but it is, though, you're granted with opportunities to express that which you are. And so that's why Grandma would always say also, don't pray for patience, honey. Don't, don't do it. It's not going to be something you're just granted. You're going to be faced with these opportunities to be it, which is frustrating, right? Or they can be. Yeah, and I love that you said that too, because when we... And this goes back to the intention setting, but when you set an intention, right. And you are saying, this is what I want to experience in my reality. You're putting the ball in motion towards that now. Right. So you have said, this is what I want to see. But another thing that I didn't realize at first that I think is so important to talk about when it comes to manifestation or the law of attraction is that you're going to be put through a series of experiences that are going to ask you to step into being that person that would attract what it is that you said that you wanted. And so sometimes these things come in and we're like, why would this be happening? Like, why is this coming in? And it's just asking you, who are you? And who are you going to be in this moment? Are you going to be the person that is going to attract what you said you wanted? Or are you going to make a different choice and, and become out, out of alignment with it? And I think that's really what, what this experience is. It's, it's asking us to create the life that we want. But in order to do so, we have to become the person. You have to be it in the world. So yeah, I'm so happy that you, you mentioned that as well. Cause I think it's so important. I think that to, to realize that sometimes you're going to go through certain experiences and sometimes it doesn't feel so good all the time, but it's going to show you why you're out of alignment with the thing that you asked for. And so when you can, um, go into it from that perspective or see it from that 
perspective, you can then make new choices through it. Those moments that seem to be sometimes testing your faith or testing your alignment with what you said you wanted. And, you know, it, it is a frequency thing. That's all this is. So even if it's it's got maybe something to do with your career, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just has to do with, I want to be a better person. Well, what the world's going to throw you is a bunch of shitty people to, so, to give you the opportunity to be a better person. Or that's going to give you the opportunity to, you know, buy somebody a meal that's less fortunate than you. And you either take, take the universe up on that or you don't. So you either slip back into this pattern or you continue on with the vibration in the direction that you're choosing to do so. That's the thing, right? That's the trick to it. That's the key is it, it shows you opportunities. It doesn't just hand this shit to you. It says, right. okay, well, here's an opportunity to do that, what you want. And an Abraham thick, Abraham Hicks thing is that, uh, that your choice matches with a vibration automatically. Right. Like it doesn't take any time for source to do that. The thing that takes time is all the kinks along the way that were remnants from the old vibration that need to be worked out for you to realize the one that you want, which snapped into existence immediately. You make the choice, the universe can instantly starts conspiring to make that choice happen for you. Yeah. And it is, it is almost instant. It feels right. Like the minute you set that intention, it, it does. It feels, feels like things start to come in and they ask, ask you, who are you going to be? And are you going to step into this? And it's so funny because sometimes there's some resistance that comes with that. And, and maybe we think that we are already being the person that should attract the thing that we've asked for. But sometimes there is a gap there between who we're being in the world and what we're asking to experience. And so I believe that the things that come into our awareness between setting that intention and then it manifesting or really becoming the reality we're experiencing is just those series of choices that it takes to get into a vibrational alignment with it. That's what's so interesting about it. I mean, and that's, that's what's so cool. And so whenever Pat's done with the war of art by Stephen Pressfield, let him, let him let you read it. That was one I recommended. And he takes cool. all things that are conspiring against you and puts them into one category called the resistance. So it's funny you even said that. Yeah. Uh, he labels them all as this one thing, and they are your unsupported family, the challenges that come up, the opportunities for you to create that new version of yourself. It's all put in that same category. It's called the resistance, and it's it's interesting the way that it works out. Um, so I I think that this is a good place to end. I mean, let's let's definitely pick this up and do this again in the future. You're you're wonderful, highly intelligent, very sweet. Thank you. Uh, Pat's a lucky guy, and I will tell him that forever. So uh, if you don't mind, just for the audience's sake, just let us know where we can find you. And of course, I'll link all this in the show notes, just in your own words. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at healwithgina.com. That's my website. And then I'm also on um, Facebook and Instagram, and it's at heal underscore with underscore Gina. Perfect. And yes, I will link all three of those in the show notes down here. You guys need to get a TikTok. Are you not on TikTok yet? I am not on TikTok, no. Oh my gosh. You're, you're missing some stuff, but you're not missing other stuff. But the, the algorithms are pretty dope. I think you would do great because all of your videos on Instagram, I watch all of them. Um, they're, oh, thank you. Well, they're wonderful and they're they're prime for TikTok. Like when we get off of here, whatever you got going this afternoon, take take a time to start an account. I'll, I'll help you out with that. But I think that you would do really, really well on there. I think this information is stuff that needs to be heard. So um, Gina, thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you. I really, really appreciate your time. Yes. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, then we will definitely pick this up soon. I think you, me and me, you, Pat, and my wife are going to do a couples thing here pretty soon. So we'll look forward to that. 
I would love to do that. Talking about, you know, consciousness and relationships and, you know, the, the ways in which our partners sort of show us things about ourselves and what we, we can heal or uncover. And I would love that. I think that would be awesome. I think my wife just shows me how to leave all the lights on in the house. And whenever I open a drawer, just leave it open and leave the scissors right on top, not just put them in the drawer and shut it. Yes. I I give her hell all the time for stuff like that. So um, also just side note, do you open the fridge and then just turn around and walk off because you're about to go back and put stuff up or do you shut it and then do what you're going to do and then come back and open it? No wrong answer. I think I'm a shut. I think I shut it. Yeah. Yeah, Because you're not a psychopath. Okay. Good call. I just wanted to make sure. All right. (laughs) I actually saw a really funny tick. I don't know if it was a reel or a TikTok of um, leave the door open by Bruno Mars, but it was like a guy portraying like a husband. Right. And he's like, the song's playing. I'm gonna leave the door open. <laughs> and he's just like leaving all the doors in the house open. He's leaving like the cupboard open. He's leaving the refrigerator open, like everything. And it's so funny. It's just, and the girl's just like, this is my husband. <laughs> yeah. It rolls reverse. That's my household. Yes, man. Yeah. It's really interesting. Uh, Gina, thanks again. I really appreciate this. Yes. Thank you so much. We'll do it again soon. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. A massive thanks to Gina Bonacci for coming on the show with us today. She has a wonderful outlook. She has some incredible information. So you guys make sure that you go down in the description below and click on the links to go keep in touch with her and to follow her wisdom. She does some wonderful videos on Instagram particularly, but also her Facebook and her website is an incredible resource. So you guys reach out. She is wonderful, highly intelligent. She knows what she's talking about. Uh, So big thanks to her for spending some time with us on the show. The outro song, the music underneath this that you are hearing right now is by Vinny the Saint. He is a good friend of mine. His uh, link is down in the description as well. You guys go click on that for some dope fresh beats if you want to check that out. Uh, As far as this show goes, guys, you can find us at expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where the links to all of the socials will be. YouTube video for this will be up and linked there as well. Uh, You guys just go check that out. If you got any questions, um, hit me up at expandingrealitypodcast at gmail.com or on the website. Either way, it doesn't matter. Go out into the world this week, guys, and practice good mindfulness practices. Go out, smile at a stranger, buy a stranger or someone you don't even know, a meal or a coffee in line behind you. Of course, pick up a piece of litter. We all live on this planet together. Don't worry about the asshole that littered it. Just you transcend that bullshit. It's an opportunity like Gina and I were talking about to be who you really are. Another opportunity is to get out of the left-hand lane. How about that? Just move on over, guys. Uh, There's people behind you that want to go faster than you, and you're not the cops. Just get the fuck out of the left-hand lane. Uh, Anyway, um, I'm taking this opportunity to apologize for getting upset because um, that's really frustrating. So just get out of the left-hand lane. Thank you. Um, As well as go out into your day, guys, and just be good to one another. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. 
From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.